Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor, an elder, a trainee pastor, somebody interested in doing ministry in a local church, Ministry in Motion is for you. Today's program is a very special program. It's the third program in a series on creating a culture of evangelism in your local church. If you've missed the earlier two programs, no problem. Visit our website, ministryinmotion.tv, and there you can view on demand at no cost the two previous programs. Our special guest is Dr. Carlton Bird. Uh, Dr. Bird is the uh, speaker and director for Breath of Life Ministries, as well as being the senior pastor of the Adventist Church at Oakwood University. Carlton, thanks so much for joining us in this three-part program. Glad to be here with you, Anthony. Now, we've explored a lot together, we've discovered a lot, but now it's time to look at the critical importance of the worship leader in the local church, particularly in terms of growing momentum, building enthusiasm for a culture of evangelism in the local church. How important is this person? This person is extremely important. This person is the, the motivator. Uh, this person is the catalyst. Uh, this person is the pastor. Okay. All the different things that we have discussed, uh, ranging from uh, setting the foundation with the church board and the uh, church elders and the church body, the pastor is the catalyst. He or she drives that. Uh, and when they have that willingness to drive that, uh, then the people are inspired and they want to follow that. Um, pastors can't leave that for chance, that is just going to happen. It's just going to naturally evolve that the members, the church leaders are going to know that evangelism is the primary function and duty of the church. So the pastor has to drive that. So the pastor is the leader in that. He's the catalyst. She's the catalyst. Uh, they make that happen. Right. Tell us, tell us more about the, uh, how this leader of a worship what, what if the pastor's not such a good singer, for example? How, how do they lead worship and, and do all these things and be the pastor? How does that work? The pastor does not have to do everything. Now, there are some pastors. Uh, they are blessed, if you will, with musical gifts and musical mm -hmm. prowess and musical inclination. But you can still be the worship leader but not be the greatest vocalist. Uh, by that, there are a lot of nonverbal cues that you give. Uh, for that pastor, when worship begins, if that pastor is down in the mouth or feeling ho-hum, that's going to be the tenor, if you will, or the countenance of that entire worship experience. Now, if the pastor comes out, if he or she is excited, they're welcoming the people. We're glad you're here. Aren't you glad to be here? That is the tenor that the church membership, the visitors, and all in attendance, that's what they're going to take on. So it's critical for the pastor to set the tone, uh, to set the pace that is verbally, but that's also non-verbally. So therefore, a pastor may not be the greatest singer, but if there is a chorister or there's someone else who's leading the song, they've got to sing vigorously. Yeah. You know, that hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. They've got to be excited about that because the members are taking their cue from the pastor. So it's very important that the pastor exhibit that leadership, leadership in that foundation, leadership when we talk about the preaching, leadership when we talk about worship and the music, 
leadership also in what we talked about in the community or the evangelistic outreach. Uh, we talked about the musical concert. We talked about the block party. Uh, we talked about the oil change ministry, the NACA initiative, the housing initiative. Well, the pastor has to be at the forefront of that. Uh, not that he or she is doing everything. They're empowering their people, but there's a ministry of presence where the members, when they see the pastor heavily involved, they say, well, if he's doing this, if she's doing this, I too ought to do this. And so I think it's very, very important that as pastors, we lead by example. So we're the worship leader. So leadership, remember, is not necessarily title. Mm. Leadership is following. Yeah. If you don't lead someone, someone has to be following you. Yeah. So it's very important that the pastor uh, is leading in that regard. Uh, Helen Keller, a quote she has, she was asked, I should say, what could be worse than being born blind? Her response was having sight with no vision. Wow. So it's very important uh, that the pastor set that vision for the church. And people want that. Mm. And people will rally. People will feel empowered and equipped to carry out uh, that vision. Uh, where there's no vision, the Bible says, people perish. Yeah. And so the people are looking to the pastor to provide that leadership, to provide that vision, not just in word, but also in action. And you, you're describing a pastor that, that is involved, a motivator, and available. So they're, they're attending these programs, these bridge building opportunities, involved, participating, but available for people to come and converse with, to meet, not just a figurehead. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Again, you know, that's how Jesus was. Yeah. You know, he mingled among the people. He showed himself to be one who desired their good, yeah. their well-being. And because there was a relationship with him, relationship with him, people gravitated to him and they wanted to be around him. Right. And many people look up to the pastor. Yeah. Uh, they, they, are, they are excited about their pastor. Mm. They want to be with their pastor. Yes. And when the pastor is leading out in these initiatives, when the pastor in word is setting the foundation, when the pastor in worship is the motivating, inspiring force, People just want to be around it. Yeah. And preaching for it, training for it, praying with it and for yes. it. Yes. These, these are obviously all part and parcel of it as well. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Carlton, I'd like to unpackage with you. When the evangelistic series starts, you, you've got some weeks that you actually, you know, do and work through. I'd love you to unpackage that for us. Sure. Why don't we do that right after this break? Stay with us. We'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is creating a culture of evangelism in your local church. And this is part three of a series with Dr. Carlton Bird. Now, Carlton, mm -hmm. we're six weeks out from the start of the evangelistic series. The clock is ticking. Yes. What are we up to? What, what are we doing at this stage? Okay, now remember, when we're creating a culture of evangelism, even before we get to the six weeks prior to the actual public campaign, mm -hmm. we've done all the other things we've talked about in our previous times together. Uh, we have engaged in setting the foundation, and in setting the foundation, we're now setting or creating a culture in our church of evangelism. 
We've done that first through the worship experience. The worship experience is when, of course, we're intentional about officer selection. Mm -hmm. We're intentional about being friendly and secret sensitive. Mm -hmm. Our worship experiences are enthusiastic. They're energetic. Uh, the preaching, the music, that's all together. And then we've gone from that to the evangelistic outreach where we've done the musical concerts and the oil change and the block parties. We've gathered all those names. So now we've done all these things to lead up to the public campaign. Because what we don't want to do is just put so much emphasis on the public campaign that we have not done all of these other things prior to that. Mm -hmm. Because what I have found is it's very important that the culture or the climate that we create, create on an annual basis, that's critical because what you don't want to do is just say during the campaign, we were secret sensitive, we were friendly, the preaching was good, the music was good. And then once that's over, yeah. we got to be consistent. Mm -hmm. So we got to be consistent with making sure that's done then but also we've done all these other things before. Right. And the pastor, again, is that motivating catalyst, that leader to make sure that happens. Now, six weeks prior to even begin, begin the preaching for the public campaign, there are certain things we have to do. Number one, we have all those names because we did all that demographic work from all those outreach initiatives. So we're gonna send all those people a letter, an email, Facebook announcement, letting them know that upcoming is a great evangelistic campaign or a revival they're gonna to wanna to be at. Um, they've already attended the other things, they were positive, so now hopefully this will be positive for them as well. Um, six weeks out, I will uh, engage Bible workers. These are field workers, if you will, and they will go into a specified area and they will go knock on doors. All right. Knock on doors. Now, in week one, they are to go knock on doors, and these wonderful workers, these wonderful individuals, they knock on doors and they solicit prayer requests. So they they're just going through a neighborhood, prayer. How can we pray for you? That's it. So if I come to your door, Anthony, and I knock on your door, and you answer, hello, my name is Carlton, and these workers have been trained, mm -hmm. many of them are church members, where when you open your door, they're looking in your home, seeing if there are pictures there, if there are children there, if there are, is a dog or a cat, whatever is there, uh, because we're into not baptizing just individuals, but we want to see entire families yeah. become disciples of Jesus Christ and baptize Christians. Mm -hmm. And so I'll come to your door, I'll knock on your door, I'll introduce myself, and I'll ask you, do you have a special prayer request? Uh, is there something that you have been praying for? Um, and it can be something simplistic, something great or comprehensive or complex. It doesn't matter. Every request is important to us because it's important to God. Mm. And so with that, we'll write down the request and uh, we'll ask the individual, can we pray with them right there? Yeah. And uh, we'll pray with them. And then after we would have prayed with them, we tell them have a great day. May God bless them and we'll be on our way. And so it could be that I come to your home, I knock on the door, I, have, I didn't go inside. Mm -hmm. We just prayed at the door mm -hmm. and your request could have been for my family. And so I'll say, you know, Anthony, I'll remember your family in prayer. I'll leave on out uh, and walk away. And uh, with my walking away, I'll remember 
Anthony, I know what street I'm on, so I know the street address, family, mm -hmm. right? And I'll go do that. And I try to encourage my workers uh, that they need to, if we have, let's say, six workers, uh, each one of them, uh, four days out of the week, each day they need to make 100 contacts. Wow. So if they make 100 contacts doing that, that's 400 per worker per week. By six, that's 2,400 contacts. So you have that many contacts coupled with the previous contacts you made with the outreach activities, mm -hmm. all right? In week two, I'll come back to your home. You don't know I'm coming back, but I'm coming back. Right. And I come back to your home and I'll say, you know, Anthony, great to see you. First of all, you're excited, hopefully. Hey, Carlton, remember my name. Mm. And good to see you again. All week long, I've been praying for your family. Again, you say, oh, he remembered my prayer request. So we're establishing now mm -hmm. a relationship. And so I ask you about your family. I ask you how you're doing. Uh, you respond. And then I say, okay, this is great. Well, do you mind if we pray again? We pray again. And after we would have prayed, I then say, well, Anthony, you take care. I'm still praying for your family. May God bless you. I then move on to the next house. I'll, after I leave your home and your front step mm -hmm. uh, there, I'll write down Anthony, family, doing well, uh, not in your presence, but, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but for two consecutive weeks now, mm -hmm. we've had some type of interaction and interface and some, you know. Mm -hmm. and so it's a good thing. Yeah. Week three, mm -hmm. I come back. The same barber worker. Yeah, same, same worker. Person, same door. I'm coming the same door. Right. And I'm knocking on your door. Anthony, it's Carlton. Great to see you, Carlton. We've had a great time praying with one another. How's your family? Uh, are things going well? After I would have done that, uh, I'll then say, you know, can we pray again? We'll pray again. And then I'll say, you know, Anthony, you're a spiritual person. You're a praying man. And God honors that. And I know you love God because you pray to God. And so with that, I would like to leave these two lessons with you. They're just Bible lessons that you can fill out on your own, at your leisure, short answer, true, false, mm -hmm. yes, no. And uh, do you have a Bible? And you'll respond. Yes. Uh, yes. I say, great. If you responded no, then that gives me another reason to come back to your home. Okay. Okay. But you respond yes, so I'll leave the lesson with you. And so for three weeks, we've had in interaction, and you're now uh, taking Bible studies. We've got a, a minute left before we've got to take a break. Okay. But what's, what's the, the two topics that you cover in the lessons? First lesson always, Jesus Christ. Powerful. Uh, you know, people need to understand we're Christian. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, salvation is mm -hmm. through him. And then the next, uh, perhaps, the Bible. Right. The Bible is God's holy word. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the living word. The Bible is the written word. Okay. So that's down, we're down to three weeks before the, the, the start of the program. That's correct. We want to look at what happens in the last three weeks okay. before the program, and we'll do that straight after this break. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is creating a culture of evangelism in your local church. And this is part three of a three-part series with Dr. Carlton Bird. Now, Carlton, the clock's counting down. There's right. th three weeks to go to the launch of the evangelistic meeting. You've had some Bible workers knocking on doors, Correct. 
praying with people and they've just introduced them to some lessons on Jesus and the Bible. Correct. Where do we go from here? All right, so now we, we, we're entering now week four. Right. Of our pre-work, I call it, initiative. Um, and so with week four, I'm coming back to your home. Mm -hmm. And now I've come back to your home. Anthony, it's me again, it's Carlton. And, uh, you need no introduction. Right, now. at that point, you yeah, know, and, yeah. and it's almost, hopefully you're looking forward to my coming because this is now my fourth week. I've yeah. been there three preceding weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and I mentioned to you that during that first week, the Bible workers are, are to each get 100 contacts a day in a four-day work week, mm -hmm. uh, which would be 400 by 6, 2,400. Yeah. Week two, they need to do the same, but they're going to get 300 that week because one day is going to be spent following up with you. Okay. The other three days, going to get more contacts. So therefore, if they get 100 a day for those three days, that's 300 by six workers, 1,800. So you have the 1,800 plus the 2,400. So you're now with 4,200 names. You're talking big numbers. Yeah, so yeah. contact, because you've got to build that list. Now that's on top of all the other persons that were contacted when we engaged in the evangelistic outreach initiatives, mm -hmm. the block party, the oil change, the musical concert. Yeah. So now we're in week four. I'm coming back to your home. Uh, did you enjoy, Anthony, studying lessons one and two on Jesus Christ and, and the Bible? And, and hopefully you're going to respond positively. Well, of course. Yes, yeah. you did. And because you did, how's your family? You're going to respond to that. And then with that in mind, I'm going to say, well, you know, you enjoyed yourself with the lesson. We've been praying for you. We now want to give you some more lessons. And so I'd like to leave lessons three and four uh, with you. Mm -hmm. And so I'll leave three and four with you, which could be on the second coming. Right. Uh, it could be on the state of the dead. Uh, but I'll leave those with you so you can, again, now continue to study. Mm -hmm. And after you would have done that, I'll, you know, have prayer with you, bid you farewell. As I move on, I go to the next house. I record the data of that visit. I come back in week five. Mm -hmm. And in week five, uh, I'm going to now do lessons five and six with you. Now, this is my fifth consecutive week with you. So as a Bible worker, as a pastor, uh, because when I had no Bible workers, I had to be the Bible worker as the pastor. Yeah. Um, I'm then saying, well, do you have 15 minutes so I could come in your home? And so now this is an in-home study. Because mm. at this point, you know, we're comfortable yeah. with one yeah. another. Um, and we study the Word of God together. And it could very well be in weeks two and three. At that point, you're ready for me to do an in-home study. And, that, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But we're hoping by at least week five, you know, I'm, I'm in the home now. Uh, we do the lesson. After we would have done the lesson, uh, we, we then have prayer and we, we leave. And then after that, I come back in week six. And I then say in week six, you know, Anthony, you have been studying the Word of God. We've been praying together. Let's do lessons seven and eight. And so we do lessons seven and eight there in the home. I then tell you, listen, there's a great preacher coming to town. If you love these lessons, you're going to love this preacher. It's Bible-based. You're going to enjoy it. A wonderful message from God just for you. I've enjoyed it, so I know you'll enjoy it. It begins this Saturday night. This preacher is Carlton Bird. You're going to want to hear him. Great young man. Uh, he's a Bible preacher. There's going to be great singing, great fellowship. 
It starts at 7 o'clock. Uh, why don't you meet me there? But no, don't meet me there. I'll be at your home at 6 o'clock, and I'll come to your home to pick you up, and I'll pick you up, and we will ride together to the revival uh, that will begin at 7. So at 6, I'm at your home. Mm -hmm. By 6.30, we're arriving at the venue. And notice, I didn't give you an opportunity to say, no, I'll drive. I just lead the conversation, if you will, and say, here's lesson seven and eight. Great preacher coming to town. You want to be a part of this. Uh, starts at seven. Meet me there. No, I'll come get you. You know, you're leading the person. Right. I pick you up. 6.30, we arrive. I identify someone in the congregation that perhaps you can sit with mm -hmm. uh, because I've got to go and get another Anthony yeah. that's out there. Yeah. So you are able to sit with a member, and the blessing with that is hopefully a relationship is forged between you and that member. The Lord, if he impresses upon you to become a baptized Christian, then you already have a spiritual guardian already in the church because you've been sitting with this person, yeah. and you have begun a relationship with that individual. Mm. And that's how that six-week process works prior to the campaign. So you've been canvassed, and not only you, but all those other people who we had some type of contact with relative to the oil change, relative to the... the block party. Block party, the musical concert. Mm -hmm. And hopefully if we make... I try to make in a city at least 10,000 contacts because if we get 10,000, hey, great. 10% of that, a tithe, is 1,000 people to come opening night. Yeah. So that's, that's a blessing. Wow. Wow. And I presume that the, the, the person that you're sitting the, the, the guest beside is, has been praying for that person That's as well. Right. So right. there is that, you know, so, hey, Anthony, I've been praying for you and your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have. Yeah, that's nice. You right. know? So they're into that community already. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. And then they're a part of that process. Exactly. Everyone yeah. can't go out and knock on doors. You may have some senior adults. Uh, you may have persons who have physical challenges, they can't go out, mm -hmm. but they are able to sit next to a visitor that would be uh, accompanying us or we would seek to invite. Right, to okay. Place. And so, obviously, for some, it will be their first occasion to, to visit the church, but for many others, they will be familiar, like they've been to the concert there before right. and they have that comfort Correct. of, of attendance That's there. correct. Yeah, yeah. And so that first meeting, it's important, but we prayerfully get through that, don't we? <laughs> yes. And, and make that appeal. Carlton, this has been a fascinating journey with you. Thank you. We've been through three programs with you, and I've been thoroughly blessed by, by your insights, as thousands of others have been blessed by your ministry as well. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to thank you for joining us on Ministry in Motion. This, this has been a special series, a three-part program with Dr. Carlton Bird on how to lead your church, motivate your church for evangelism and preparation. If you missed the earlier two programs, visit our website, ministryinmotion.tv, and there you can see the earlier two programs in this series. In fact, you can see all of the other programs that have been filmed on the Hope Channel as well. Thank you for joining us, but until next time, God bless you.